0: After going through the adoption process, meeting and bringing my son home, if you were to show me, if you would ask me that question and say, would you do this if you knew it was going to take five years, I'd say no. But then if you would have showed me what my life would be like after that five years, I would have had no hesitation without a doubt said yes.
1: You're listening to the fam podcast. That
0: story of of adoption for me was like my wife had, um, she definitely had a heart for it. I can say more than I did. And I thought it was, it was, it was cool and that it was something that we could look at, but it seemed so far away that, uh, you know, i didn't really you know even though we talked about it and i said yeah i'd be open to adoption and and all this stuff it didn't really feel like it was real at that point because you're talking about so many different future um possibilities right and and you're um at least for me my my mind was like okay um let's get to the marriage point first right let's get to that point and then let's get to the point where we're gonna have kids and what does that entail and and maybe we that's the avenue we go through first is we, we try to have kids on our own. And to me, the adoption was way, way, way later in that conversation, because if we could have our own kids, how many, you know, where to, you know, we kind of just talked about a low number. Um, But then again, you know, and then if we did adopt, you know, way down the road, how many did we, do we adopt? And um, just, we kind of had that conversation, but to me, like I said, it was kind of, it was kind of in the distance, it was uh, more about looking at the next step. Let's get married. Let's you know get into a house. Let's get settled. Thinking about the things that were immediate and not so much far away.
1: Right. So then, when you guys started having kids, was that still like a topic of conversation, or was that just kind of a kind of running in the background? I would say that was running in
0: the background. Um, when so, what really? Uh, let me say that the. Kind of the driving force of the adoption for me, at least, was that uh, my second daughter was born and in the hospital room, everything was going fine. And the day after my daughter was born, they did some blood tests and they found out that there was some issues with her blood, right? Um, and that led into them admitting her to the NICU. That meant that they were starting to monitor because there was a a thing going on inside of her body where her, um, the, I think it was the antibodies or whatever were attacking her, her blood cells. And so she wasn't able to produce blood cells fast enough. And there was a point where they thought, well, they, they might need to do a transfusion, blood transfusion to get her, um, past this hump. And they, they thought that she would get through it, but it was scary. Right. And she was in there for probably almost a month, um, and then during that time um they said this is likely now to happen to any pregnancy from here on out um that if you continue if you have another child just know that the chances of issues is so is really high and the uh chances of of a fatal birth is really high so we would recommend not having children anymore. And so that was kind of the jumping off point for me it's like now we talk about adoption if we want to go forward right it's, it's before it was just a kind of a thing that we would kind of talk about wasn't real now it's to the point where hey we probably can't do this anymore I have you know any biological children so this would be the avenue we would need to go in if we wanted more
1: cool so then when after you had that jumping off point how did, or when did the conversation reappear where you guys started taking first steps towards it? So,
0: um, this started, so my wife went on a trip, a missions trip to Haiti. And during that missions trip to Haiti, she fell in love with all the kids. I mean, like all the kids, every single kid that was there, she just, um, fell head over heels and, you know, she would call and give me updates and stuff like that. And, um, so she went on two mission trips and every time got, you know, even more in love with the kids that were there. And I, did, I didn't really get it at first. You know, I was kind of thick. Um, I just didn't grasp this idea of an orphanage that's in another country um, and how these kids could, atta- you know, that you could attach to these kids in such a way that made you, like moved you to want to adopt them or to, you know, to, to bring them home. So, um, I had, I think it was about the year later, like on the third year, I had an opportunity to go to Haiti and then I fell in love with the kids and then, you know, I fell in love with all the kids and I'm like, I get it. You know, I, I get it. I get it. I understand. And I think it's one of those things, like some people do and they, they, they get it, they understand it. And some people have to be like me, like experience it and, and, and see it and, and feel it and just see that kind of, uh like the, the love that the children give you that don't expect anything in return. And just kind of like that, um, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. Like their joy for life without having much and just being appreciative for whatever, you know, the attention that you give them, they're hungry for attention. And I think that's what broke me. And it was like, man, these, just me being here there, just me being part of their life just for a, a week is bringing them joy. And you know, how can I, make this a deeper connection with with others
1: so then you guys had that trip together how how did it translate into okay let's do something about let's try to take one of these um children home or was it something that you guys went home and were like okay how do we was haiti on your mind like this is the place we're going to adopt from yeah you know god pushed us towards haiti you know,
0: so shortly after that, after she did a couple of the mission trips and and I felt it too. And, and, and God put it on our hearts to like this, Hey, this, this is where I want you to be. And this is where I want you to adopt. And, um, and so we came, we came back home. It wasn't an immediate conversation, right? Cause we had to process. And so it wasn't, it wasn't a long time after that, but it wasn't, you know, like right away. So we, we prayed about it. And then once we prayed about it for a little bit, we definitely felt God saying, you know Haiti is where i want you to adopt then we brought our two daughters in and said you know they're still young but we wanted to ask them hey would you like to adopt a brother or sister and they both unanimously said yes you know we do and at that time you know i was kind of leaning to have a boy because i had two daughters and i kind of wanted to change things up a little bit and uh yeah my wife was on board with that so that's how we proceeded after that point was you know um going through the international adoption route for, for Haiti.
1: Yeah. And from what I recall, it was not a short process. Um,
0: It wasn't a short process. In fact, uh, that process took five years. (laughs) So if you can imagine uh, uh, waiting for five years and a lot of that time is complete silence or no updates, that's what it was like, you know? And and I don't want to discourage anybody, you know, because that that time was it was it, God used it, and and we probably weren't ready, you know, in those first year couple of years, um, but we didn't know it at that time. Uh, so so part of that that period of time, we were doing fundraising, we were doing, um, um we were doing like people had come alongside us because there was expenses. Um, we had a notary that said, Hey, I can notarize for you and, you know, not charge you for it. And so, and all those things that were, that we were concerned about, you know, uh, international adoption and, you know, the, where were we going to get the funds for it and, and everything that's goes in, that's involved in that God took care of, you know, he just took care of it. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So when did you first meet your son?
0: Uh, so we got matched with him about, um, I think it was about three and a half years years into the process that we got matched um and then once we got matched with them all all we got was a photo and we they basically give you a photo and they said um this is the child we matched you with and do you want to move forward or not and you know there wasn't any hesitation it was like yeah um, we, we definitely wanna move forward with this. And so the next part of the trip we had to immediately plan for a two week visitation. Um, so we arranged for travel. I took time off work, and then we just spent two weeks in Haiti, and that's where we got to actually meet him. And uh Yeah, and then we had to leave. And we had to leave with him without him, you know, he was still in country.
1: What was it like when you when you flew over there and you met him, was it in the same place that you had done the missions trip or totally different?
0: No, totally different. So, um, the orphanage we went to for the mission trip actually doesn't adopt. They don't do any adoption. Those kids are there in a school program, um, that provides for the, the children that kind of, um, that don't have families that can support them and stuff. Some of them do have parents and some of them don't, uh, one of the things I didn't mention is Haiti had gone through a horrible earthquake and that created, you know, a loss of lives that was huge back in, I think it's was 2010. Um, and that's kind of how some of these kids ended up in all these orphanages. Um, so no, that, so the, this orphanage was what they call a crash in, in Haiti and it is um, a separate than th- this other orphanage, which is, m- I call it an orphanage, but it's basically a, a place for the kids to stay, go to school, to be cared for, fed, and all that. It's basically just like an orphanage, but it's not one that you would adopt out of. But we still fell in love with those kids. But no, we ended up going to um, a crash on the other part of Port-au-Prince um, that was you know, maybe maybe a 20, 30-minute drive from Port-au-Prince, which is the main city in Haiti, and uh that was where we met Wadley and he was um the first time we met him you know he was just uh, a small 3 year old um didn't say much didn't have much emotion didn't have um you know i think he was still not understanding you know what was going on but here are the nannies you know bringing him in and and he came up and gave my wife a kiss on the cheek you know she instantly just melted down and And I'm over there, and, I mean, we've got videos of this, and it's beautiful. Um, Just meeting him for the first time and just not knowing what to do next, but just knowing, like, here we are. You know, we just want to spend a ton of time with you and, and get to know you a little bit. And
1: Yeah. That's really cool. So then you guys flew home and waited for a little bit longer, and what was the next step? So we
0: waited... I should have got, you know, exact timelines. It felt like it was, it was almost a year. Um, because it was close to the four year mark where, um, we actually did the, the visitation, you know, the visitation portion of it, just, just under the fourth year. And when we, when we flew back home, we wanted to do everything we could to speed up this process. I mean, I don't know. Um, I know there's a lot of adoptions that take place internationally where you get to fly home with the child. Um, this wasn't the case and that's not the, you know, it's Haiti's gut got rules and, and this is the rule is that you meet the child and you do a socialization and then you go home. So we wanted to speed up that process. However, there's all kinds of their court system and, and everything that they, we couldn't do anything about. So we had to kind of just pray. Um, I remember that time we had pushed quite a bit because there was a, um, tropical storm that was potentially hurricane level coming through those, um, the Haiti, Cuba, uh, Dominican Republic era area. And, um, and we petitioned senators and, you know, we got, we got some movement there. I think that's actually what happened. We, we actually called, um, KCRA and, and, and we, we did a thing where they came in in video, uh, did a small segment about our story, and it got into the newspaper. And I actually think God used that to move that adoption process forward.
1: Did you ever doubt yourself that you were doing the right thing or that you guys were pursuing the right venue?
0: Yeah, so I'll be honest. I did. Heck yeah, I doubted. I doubted hard because um, we were in this. I mean, I told you it took five years, right, for this adoption to take place, and international adoption can be lengthy on its own. We, you know, we kind of went into it knowing that, so it was wasn't a surprise. But we really thought two years on the adoption, not five. You know, so our expectation was a little bit different than reality. Um, God was definitely at work. He was handling the details. But it, I'm going to be honest, if you, if you told me in, the, in the, the get-go that it was going to take five years, I probably wouldn't have done it. But then after going through the adoption process, meeting and bringing my son home, if you were to show me, if you would ask me that question and say, would you do this if you knew it was going to take five years, I'd say no. But then if you would have showed me what my life would be like after that five years, I would have had no hesitation without a doubt, said yes. It's funny, you know, just perspective shifts because he's such a part of my family and he's made our families you know whole like I don't even know what I would do without him in the family. It's like crazy how much he's just become you know just just a part of our he, he's we couldn't have ever ever chose a child to become a part of our family that we would pick out that would be as good as God you know place this child in our home
1: and so you talked about that you don't want to discourage people because of the the long time frame but i think that's probably well be, besides money and time that was probably one of the biggest things why people don't get involved especially even with international um what would you how would you encourage someone if if it was on their mind and asking you about it to to proceed anyways
0: yeah, you know, I tell I tell people to you know that ask me about this kind of stuff is that they should pray about it. I said, um, you know, I, I tell them honestly, uh, cost was a huge hurry, uh, worry for me, and I knew that God was going to take care of it. But at the same time, um, God showed Himself in in ways that I would have never experienced without praying about it. Um, my wife and I we had a savings account that we kind of just put off when we had it. Like when we first got married, we forgot about it. Right. That savings account actually held the exact amount of money that we needed to start the adoption process. So right then and there we were like, you know, God is on the move. God is taking care of it. So going into it, didn't know that. Right. We made the decision to move forward with the trust in God without knowing that we would have all the resources there to make it happen. Um, We got a grant from Stephen Curtis Chapman that helped, you know, move that adoption forward too, and and God provided it all. I remember thinking, you know, one of the things um, that I was worried about in in the adoption process was in in my own self-conscious was, you know, what if this child has issues? What if I bring this child home? I don't know anything about the child that they're going to match me with. And what if that child has issues, you know, and what would I do? But I prayed about it, and I heard God kept telling me, yeah, so what? What if he does? You know, and that kind of stuck with me. It's like, yeah, what if he does? What am I going to do about it? You know, and the more I thought about it, the more that God took that concern away. I never forget when we drove away from the orphanage with Wadley, that nothing else mattered. You know, all that worry, all those doubts, um, the questioning of myself that was all gone. God just gave me complete peace and joy. And that's what I tell people is my experience. You know, what God's done in my family and what he can do in yours. You know, I I honestly want to encourage people to seek that out, to seek. If you have a feeling that adoption might or might not be right, pray about it. You know, I don't think you should just write it off just because there's a worry that it could be um, something that, you know, that. um, That it could be a hard process or a long process or a cost money or, you know, or the child might have issues or this and that. I think you should really trust God that, um, he's going to take care of it and and he's not going to match you with something that, um, you can't handle. And he's going to take care of the details. When your kids grow up, what do you want them to say about you? You know, I hope that they all say that I treated them equally, um, that they knew they were loved and genuinely loved not for what they do or if they were good, but basically because of who they are, um, that they know that they're my children and that I love them because they are my children. And I hope they see that. I hope they see it in me that I do love them genuinely, that it's an action that it's, um, not just a noun of description, but it's, it's, it's action. It's, it's showing them that I love them by the, you know, what I do with my time and I spend with them. um, and just, you know, participating in the things that they're interested in and they like to do. Um, I hope they look back and they say, you know, I didn't see it at the time. Or maybe hopefully, hopefully they do go back and say, I see it at the time. But if they don't, maybe in the future they look back and they say, yeah, that was my dad, never without a doubt, unwaveringly loved me with all his heart. And I have no, no second thoughts on that at
1: all. Do you have a favorite quote or a thought or meditation? Uh so one of the quotes that so I love
0: C.S. Lewis. I love him as an author. He's got um a lot of cool things to say a, a very and an an awesome Christian uh, man. And so one of his quotes is that love is unselfishly choosing for another another's highest good and I I thought that that's an amazing quote. You know, choosing what's best in the for the good of others without getting anything in return. Uh, that hits a little hard. I've asked myself this question a lot. I know I see it in my parents and my grandparents and my family, my aunts and uncles and everybody else. But I think it's easier to see it in others than it is to see in myself sometimes. But I love that quote.